The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor? 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 You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. And hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. I'm Steve Cashel, radio host of the Chicago Bulls. In a few minutes, I'll be joined by this week's co-host. He is Dr. Nick Verma, head team physician for the Chicago White Sox and sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush and Rush University Medical Center. Dr. Verma filling in this week for my usual co-host, Dr. Brian Cole. And this week on the show, we'll discuss a number of interesting topics, including healing muscle soreness. When a gentleman from ATI Physical Therapy, John Duncombe, joins we're also talking about prescription against over-the-counter drugs and why we're getting away from the narcotics being prescribed by doctors. And then we'll talk about the increase of hip injuries that happened to a famous NBA player just a couple of weeks ago. And Dr. Shane No from Midwest Orthopedics of Russia, a hip specialist, will join us to discuss more of the increase of hip injuries. So... We hope you stay with us. This is Sports Medicine Weekly. Be sure to visit our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. Back to get it going after this on ESPN. Feeling tired, sluggish, and overweight? If you're looking to lose weight and gain energy, join us in Karen Mulkin's 14-Day Transformation Cleanse. You're going to absolutely love this Whole Foods cleanse. You'll feel great, lose weight, build lean muscle, improve sleep, boost metabolism, and enhance athletic performance. This VIP done-for-you cleanse comes with a 14-day transformation wellness bag containing MCT Lean Vegan Protein Blend, fat Burning MCT Lean MCT Oil, snacks, superfoods, recipes, guidelines, videos, and other surprises. You will absolutely love this program. Sign up at 14daytransformation.com. That's the numbers 14daytransformation.com or visit Karen's website at karenmalkin.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-M-A-L-K-I-N.com. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. I'm Steve Cashel, co-hosting this week with Dr. Nick Verma, head team physician for the Chicago White Sox, sports medicine specialist and orthopedic surgeon with Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, taking the place of Dr. Brian Cole, my usual co-host. Dr. Nick, thanks again for uh, being with us. Thanks for having me, Steve. Appreciate it. Hey, Doc, um, let's talk a little bit. You know, it's so common we hear about shoulder injuries and knee injuries. Um, also hearing an increase increased frequency in, uh, in hip injuries. You getting that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this concept of uh, young hip disease is really one that's relatively new. It's probably something that we've learned more about and understood in the last decade or so. You know, traditionally, hip treatment has been the older patient with arthritis who gets a, a hip replacement. But the idea here is to try to identify problems in the hip in younger individuals and potentially prevent the development of arthritis. It's a complicated area because you've got things like hernias or sports hernias. You can have hip pathology, um, which can either be labral tears or impingement, as we'll hear about. So it, it really takes a unique specialist to be able to understand this and provide the appropriate diagnosis and treatment. And we have just a specialist with us here in studio on this Saturday morning, Dr. Shane No from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, a sports medicine physician, specialist, and uh, hip specialist, surgeon. Dr. No, thanks for, uh, for joining us. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Nick. Happy to be here. I appreciate it. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is the uh, injury to uh, the guy that uh, killed the Bulls in the playoffs this year, Isaiah Thomas, the Celtics point guard, who we understand had a hip strain. And, you know, Dr. No, when I was looking at that, and I said, okay, hip strain, come on now, he's out for the rest of the playoffs is what was diagnosed. It's got to be more than that, right? And what is it exactly? Exactly. Um, so it's a good point. I mean, I think he initially was having uh, issues with his hip back in March. Uh, and I think he tried to play through it, and, and I, he did so very successfully for a series of games. And uh, I think this weekend it sort of proved to be too much. 
Uh, I think the most recent uh, articles that have come out that uh, believe that he probably has a labral tear with FAI, or femoral acetabular impingement. Uh, and what that, does that mean? Femoral acetabular impingement basically describes the shape of the ball and socket joint. If you think of the hip as a ball and a socket, um, most people have kind of a pretty smooth shape between the ball and socket, so everything kind of moves very easily. Sure. That gives you the rotation that you need. You know, the hip, like the shoulder, has six degrees of movement, so it's, um, you know, a lot of motion that occurs at that joint, especially with rotation going, you know, frontwards and backwards and side to side. And for playing basketball, it's really important to be able to cut, pivot, make quick movements, uh, and that's where the hip is important. Now, there are some people that have hips that are abnormally shaped. Um, and, you know, for example, you know, sometimes the ball, the hip joint, may not be shaped very round, but rather more like, a, like an egg or like a mushroom. Okay. And the problem with that is that especially if you're doing sports that require a lot of rotation, that this will cause impingement or collision of the ball and socket because it doesn't fit as smooth. And so as it does that, it starts to kind of tear away or injure the inner lining of the joint known as the cartilage and the labrum. The labrum is like a, a circular ring of cartilage that goes around the socket. Some people like to refer to it as a gasket seal. Uh, and so once it gets injured to the point where the seal has been broken or the gasket is no longer providing that, that uh, suction seal, uh, then that can be painful. It allows the hip to not have the same mobility. There may be stiffness. There may be uh, some, obviously, complaints of pain. Uh, you lose the, the sort of the normal functioning of the, of the joint, and that's what leads to worsening problems, muscular problems, uh, and ultimately it, it may lead to the inability to play basketball. So, Shane, you know, one of the things that I see is I have patients that come into the office and they say, Doc, I've got a sore hip, and they either point to their bud or they point to the side of their hip. Can you talk about some of the symptoms that may trigger a patient to recognize that they've got a hip problem and, and that they should see somebody who's a specialist in the area? So for the majority of patients, uh, hip pain usually presents in the groin. Uh, and so that is what kind of makes it very difficult because that region of the body is kind of confusing. Uh, it kind of falls uh, close to very uh, many different body parts. Uh, there are a lot of different disciplines that take care of this area. And so if, you know, the person that you're seeing, whether it's a therapist or a trainer or a physician, uh, are not aware of sort of where hip joint and hip pathology presents, they may kind of steer you towards a workup towards hernia, uh, towards pelvic problems, towards sometimes I've seen some uh, patients with, you know, complaints of, you know, could be like hernia, uh, I'm sorry, like appendicitis or it could be like urologic problems. It could be, um, you know, back problems. And so the, the difficulty with the hip is not only do you have a lot of different things in that area, but you can also have hip pain that, that presents in different ways. And so there are some patients that have hip pain on the outside of their hip. Once in a while we'll have patients that have hip pain in the, in the buttock area. And so although that's not the most common presentation, it does happen in a small percent of patients. And so something in anything in kind of this midsection of the body um, potentially could be hip, although most commonly it's in the groin. Wow, I would never think that because I'm always thinking that's hernia. You know, when you have that kind of that uh, um, push or that uh, that tightness right there in the groin, I'm never thinking hip. You yeah, might have hip pain, Steve. Yeah, I like that. So the hernia, right? Is well, that better or worse? <laughs> you know, and then you top you you add to that that you can have a conventional hernia where you've got some outpouching of your intestines coming through the abdominal wall. Right. And now we have the sports hernia as well. Which and how is, is that different? So the sports hernia, and Shane, you probably talked to this, is really uh, more of a muscular injury where the muscles of your abdomen, the strong rectus muscles that form your six pack, right, attach to your pelvis. For those of and us who have a six pack, for those right? of us who or have for a six those pack. of you who have a six pack, <laughs> and, and where that um, insertion occurs, you can get subtle tearing in that area that creates groin pain or pain with uh, exercises. Is that how you would describe it to your patient, Shane? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's gone through a number of different names. You know, sports hernia is probably what we called it about 10 years ago. More recently, people called it uh, athletic pubalgia. 
And I think now mo most people call it a core muscle injury. Uh, and essentially, it's, it's uh, an injury to, as Dr. Verma had mentioned, an injury to the rectus muscle and the adductors. The adductors are the large muscle group on the inside of your thigh, and they meet together in the pelvic bone. Uh, and, and with twisting and pivoting type athletes, that can sort of get injured as well. And again, that kind of causes complications to the problem because there's, it's in that same sort of region. And so it could be, a, you know, as Dr. Verma mentioned, sports hernia or a core muscle injury, or it could be coming from the hip, or there could be two, two different problems going on. You're listening to uh, Sports Medicine Weekly on the Saturday morning. I'm Steve Cashel. Co-hosting this week is Dr. Nick Verma, the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. The other voice you hear is Dr. Shane No, also from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, a hip specialist. Shane, in, in addition to being a surgeon, I know you have a strong interest in research in this area, and we have a lot of experience with uh, arthroscopy in the shoulder, arthroscopy in the knee, but it's a relatively new field in the hip. For those younger patients who are athletic, what, what can you expect or what's been your experience with results in terms of being able to get back to sport after a, a hip surgery? Um, very good. Uh, we've, we've actually published a, a number of different articles looking at our outcomes um, in athletic populations. And athletes can be anything from high school athletes to college athletes, professional athletes, you know, sort of our young professionals in the city, weekend warriors. Uh, and when we look at all of our patients, um, you know, we do find that if the ones who are athletic, the ones who have, you know, high levels of functional demands tend to do the best. Uh, in the setting of a normal joint without arthritis. Um, and so we've, we've recently published papers on um, our uh, high school and college athletes and found that um, actually 100% were able to go back to sport, a uh, variety of sports including you know, basketball and football and soccer and hockey, uh, cross-country, track, um, and, and that's our youngest patient population. When we start to look at other, other populations, we also find very positive results. Uh, we recently looked at, our, looked at our runners, and so those are mostly kind of our recreational runners, people that do endurance sports, you know, 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, marathons, um, you know, people in their 30s who are working in the city and, and like to run on the weekends and found that they actually go back about 95% of the time, you know, and, and uh, I think the key is that they've got to be young, they, ha they, they have to have a healthy joint without arthritis, uh, and they shouldn't, should not have sort of stopped their sport for a long period of time. Because if, if they haven't run for like two years and we operate on them, you know, we can't say with much confidence that we can get them back into running. Uh, we just don't know, you know, because they could have stopped running for a variety of reasons. It may not necessarily be just because of their hip, uh, but the people who are, you know, remain active, we kind of catch it early. Let's say our collegiate athlete who plays basketball and, you know, have had pain for, you know, a few months or so. Um, those are the ones that if, if they don't have arthritis, we catch it early, we treat it successfully rehab it, that those are the ones who are able to go back very predictably. And uh, not sure if I have to ask this for both, both of you gentlemen, how is it diagnosed though? We're talking about, you know, sports hernia compared to the other hernia to, you know, the hip in, impingement. Um, what's the best diagnosis that you guys, you guys do for a patient? Um, I mean, we always start with a history and physical. Um, and so okay. just kind of interviewing a patient, um, you know, I, I think as we were talking about, um, um, you know, our, our uh, Isaiah Thomas, for example. Celtics guard, yep. Yeah, so that was kind of an interesting scenario because he was having pain that had been going on for several weeks, a couple of months, uh, initially diagnosed with a strain. Uh, but usually strains, you know, as we kind of talked about before, is kind of a day-to-day -day type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Those are not long-lasting problems. But when they become a, a more of a long-term problem, let's say it doesn't go away after several months or so, you know, that tends to suggest it's more of a structural issue. Um, you know, they they've have pain, they have loss of performance, they can't pivot they can't twist, they can't do the normal things that they need to do for a high-level athlete. So that kind of tips us off initially. Usually non-contact, right? 
Usually non-contact. Usually exactly. non-contact. Great stuff. Okay, guys, we're out of time. I really appreciate it. Dr. Nick Verma is my co-host, subbing for Dr. Brian Cole. They're all from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, as is our guest here on Sports Medicine Weekly. In this segment, Dr. Shane No, a hip specialist from MOR. Thanks so much, Dr. No. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Great Nick. stuff. Thanks, Shane. Good topic. I appreciate it. We're back with more of Sports Medicine Weekly after this on ESPN. That's one way to end up on injured reserve. So is falling off a ladder, lifting something heavy. That's not good. Or having an accident at work. Uh-oh. Athletico helps all kinds of people come back from injured reserve. Schedule a free injury screening at athletico.com and find out how physical therapy can decrease pain and discomfort, increase strength and mobility, and help you get back to doing the things you love to do. Athletico Physical Therapy. Better for everybody. Allosource's products help surgeons get their patients back into the game of life. Prochondrex, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograft designed to restore cartilage and restore movement. To learn more about Prochondrex, visit Prochondrex.org. That's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality, state-of-the-art health care services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations with a new location in Munster, Indiana. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News and World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. And we're back on the Saturday morning. Steve Cashel and Dr. Nick Verma subbing this week for Dr. Brian Cole at Sports Medicine Weekly. Dr. Verma is the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox, also sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon with Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. And it's your first year, Dr. Nick, from what I understand, as the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox, but not your first uh, go-around with the White Sox, correct? How did it all come about? No, so we've been working with the White Sox since uh, 2003. Uh, my partner, Dr. Bush Joseph, initially took over as the head team physician at that time. And then uh, after, what is it, 12, 14 years, he's decided to step back. So so uh, offered me the opportunity to take over the head role. And, you know, it really comes down to developing a relationship with the training staff, with the management, and um, and being able to take care of the players. And so it's really a privilege to do that. So you've got your main practice with Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. It keeps you very busy, kind of like Dr. Brian Cole, my usual co-host, is the head team physician with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, but basketball a little different than baseball. I mean, you know, I always say, boy, these baseball announcers, and I do the Bulls on radio, uh, at least we have a couple of days off a week. I mean, baseball, it is just, what do you get? You're, you play 21 straight days, right? It is, yeah. You know, it's 162 games and uh, the preseason uh, where we have them out of town. So so there certainly is a lot of work that goes into it. Yeah, so tell me, uh, give us an idea of your everyday routine, uh, specifically with the White Sox, you know? I mean, and when they're on the road, you're still communicating, correct? Yeah, it is. I probably had three or four phone calls today alone. We've got players coming in and out. Uh, we had uh, so, so, you know, really what it boils down to is not only are you taking care of the professional side, but you're also taking care of the minor league organization, which is an additional, you know, 100-plus players. Wow. So so it comes down to a lot of communication, coordination, and then medical care. I think those are the three big issues that we have to deal with. And I, I think the key here is that for most of these players, it's, it's number one, accurate and early diagnosis and implementation of a, training, of a treatment plan. Because as you know, you know, we want to get these guys back out on the field as, they can, as soon as they can in a healthy and state and being able to perform up to their capabilities. So let's say the White Sox are on the road, all right? And, um, you know, you're not there. 
who, who so Herm Schneider is the head trainer for the White Sox, has been for 30-plus years, right? So is Herm kind of your main contact from there? Is it Ricky Renteria? Who who do you contact, or how do they contact you to say, hey, we have an injury, you might have seen it on TV or heard on the radio tonight? Yeah, so it, Herm's really the contact guy. We're, we're fortunate in that we have a lot of quality physicians in the Major League Baseball team physician group. And so we have people on the road who are available to handle uh, emergency issues. So if a guy gets hurt and he's away from U.S. Cellular Field or now guaranteed right field, I should say, um, we've got the, the home physician at whatever field they may be in who will handle the emergency situations. And then it's usually a call between myself and, and that physician or a call between myself and, and Herm Schneider, at which point we can now develop a treatment plan. Do we need to bring the guy back home? Does he need to have an imaging study tomorrow? Um, do we wait it out, see how he does over a day or two with medications, treatment in the training room, and then evaluate, evaluate him when he gets back? So there's some decisions that are made based on the type of injury, what player it is, where we are in the season, where they are in their uh, away game stand, so to speak, when they're going to be back home, those types of things. Yeah, and then there's communication with the general manager, right, with Rick Hahn and with Kenny Williams, and I'm sure Jerry Reinsdorf and your manager, Rick Renteria. Um, these emails, these calls, it matters, I'm sure, on the severity of the injury as well, right? Yeah, it's all of the above. You know, it's fortunately in a digital age, it's a lot of email and text uh, conversations. But as you pointed out, you know, these decisions are, are often beyond the medicine. The medicine becomes the easy side. But really what's difficult and, and what's important here is maintaining open lines of communication so that everybody knows what's going on with the player, what the expected treatment plan is, and what his time frame for recovery is. And that's important for the player. It's important for the player's agent. It's important for our management staff so that they can make appropriate decisions with regard to putting somebody on the DL, calling somebody up. You know, what is the what is the short-term and long-term process look like for injury recovery? Dr. Nick Verma is my co-host this week on Sports Medicine Weekly, subbing for Dr. Brian Cole. I'm Steve Cashel. It is Sports Medicine Weekly. Dr. Nick Verma, now the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox, and uh, that's what we're talking about in this segment. Dr. Nick, I also want to ask you, um, have you seen signs of more preventative medicine maybe during the off-season or the uh, spring training routine? Um, you know, are we seeing as many injuries as you saw five, ten years ago? You know, there's no question that um, that the athlete is no longer a uh, only in-season training type of person. We've we've seen significant uh, improvements in terms of off-season conditioning, uh, as well as kind of the multidisciplinary support that's available to the athlete. So now, it used to be that we'd have one trainer, maybe an assistant trainer, and a physician that come in and out as needed. Now we've got trainers, we've got strength and conditioning coaches, we've got masseuses, we've got chiropractors, we've got nutritionists, we've got psychologists. So really the, the, the care of the athlete has expanded much beyond something hurts, let's see if we can fix it. It's now all about maintaining performance, maintaining health of the athlete, conditioning them for whatever sport they may play, and injury prevention. And I think in doing so, we have seen a reduction in, in injury risk, but we've, we've also seen um, to offset that is that athletes are becoming bigger, they're becoming stronger, they're becoming more powerful, they're throwing harder than they used to throw. So it's kind of a, a balance between trying to prevent injury but also dealing with a lot more force, so to speak, associated with uh, athletic performance that I think is, has uh, continued to create problems on the injury front. Before we go to break, uh, let's give a uh, little takeaway for the parents of little leaguers out there. Um, I've got two of them, 10 and 12, and playing travel baseball. They both pitch. They, they, yep. you know, they love it, but I'm always worried about the arms. Yeah, no question. It's, it's, uh, it's become somewhat of an epidemic in terms of the volume of injuries we're seeing to the, to the young uh, thrower both shoulder and elbow, and I think the take-home message is you can't do too much of it. It's, it's, it's clearly related to how much they're throwing either on a single outing or in a given week or in a given year. So you got to find them time to rest. you got to monitor how much they're throwing, and you need to be on top of it and be their advocate because you're the only one who's going to be there to protect them. You know what they're doing. You know how much they're doing it, and they need the rest time in between. 
Never too young to ice, or is there there a certain age? Never too young uh, to ice, and I think we have very clear guidelines now using either the MLB Pitch Smart, which is a a program that's designed to reduce injury risk in in young athletes, uh, AOSSM, which is our Sports Medicine Society, has some programs. So there's a lot of good information on the web now that can help you to guide what's appropriate for your child given their age and level of participation. Wonderful stuff. Dr. Nick Verma, our head team physician with the Chicago White Sox, back with more Sports Medicine Weekly after this. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality, state-of-the-art health care services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations with a new location in Munster, Indiana. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News & World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. I'd been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance scheduled me right away. No wait. Everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget. To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com That's one way to end up on injured reserve. So is falling off a ladder, lifting something heavy. Ow! That's not good. Or having an accident at work. Uh-oh. Athletico helps all kinds of people come back from injured reserve. Schedule a free injury screening at athletico.com and find out how physical therapy can decrease pain and discomfort, increase strength and mobility, and help you get back to doing the things you love to do. Athletico Physical Therapy. Better for everybody. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. Welcome back, everyone. In this Saturday morning, Steve Cashel and Dr. Nick Verma, Sports Medicine Weekly. Dr. Nick is subbing this week for Dr. Brian Cole, my usual co-host, and Dr. Nick Verma. It's great to have you with us. Dr. Nick, the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox. Been with the White Sox a long time. Also helps with the Chicago Bulls. Any other teams, Doc? Uh, we also take care of Nazareth High School and uh, the uh, DePaul University. Fantastic. Well, our next topic, uh, Dr. Nick, um, healing muscle soreness. Boy, when you work with the White Sox, immediately I think of arms, right? Was it har- arms and hamstrings before broken bones? You think a lot about muscle soreness? Yeah, exactly. For, for you know, for us in the overhead throwing athlete, it's really the recovery time for the arms, uh, shoulders, and elbows in terms of spacing them out between outings and trying to get them ready for the next start. What's the best treatment that you uh, jumps to your mind for these baseball players? So I think you know the first thing that we do is we ice them down after every start, making sure that we can uh, these decrease, are the pitchers, right? Yeah. yeah, decreasing inflammation, and then we have a whole protocol of warm down exercises that they do after on game days, and then they have a recovery day on day one. And they start to do some light throwing on uh, day two, some strengthening exercises on day three. So it's a pretty programmatic regimen that we use to try to prepare them from uh, immediately following an outing until their next start. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you, I mean, even for my 12-year-old who's, uh, who's pitching a lot in his uh, travel baseball team, are we icing the shoulder and the elbow or it matters what's more sore or does one become more sore than the other uh, typically? 
So both are joints at risk with the overhead throwing athlete, and I, I would suggest that we ice both. Okay, all right. Yep, that's absolutely. usually you put the big ice pack, and what is it, usually 20 minutes on, no more than 20 minutes? It's about 20 minutes on. You try to keep making sure that you don't have contact between the ice and the skin, so we do it through a towel with the white socks. That's probably the best way to do it. Uh, you know, the problem with the overhead athlete is soreness is the name of the game. It's to be expected following any type of a pitching out, uh, outing. So the, the easier you can facilitate recovery, uh, the better shape and longevity you're going to get out of your pitcher. Let's expand this topic and bring on our next guest from ATI Physical Therapy, John Duncombe. John is a clinical operations project manager. Talking about healing muscle soreness. Get his view on it. John, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Well, uh, what's the biggest... Uh, error you see patients or clients make who are sore after a workout? I think from our standpoint, from the PT side of things in the clinic with patients, both athletes as well as kind of weekend warriors, probably not drinking enough water is probably the biggest issue that I kind of see. And I think most folks are dehydrated in general and definitely not kind of getting that uh, norm value of trying to get at least eight ounces of um, water eight times a day. What does that have to do? Let me ask uh, Dr. Nick right here. Talk a little bit about the hydration with the muscle soreness. What does that mean? Yeah, I think hydration plays a role in so many aspects of sports performance and muscle recovery. We know that dehydration occurs uh, fairly rapidly, particularly based on the exercise that you're doing, the conditions that you're working in, whether it's hot, the humidity level, et cetera. So I think it plays two problems. Number one is it's fatigue during the workout itself. And number two is if you're improperly hydrated, uh, it's going to delay muscle recovery and or overall recovery following any type of workout. So I would agree completely with that recommendation. Our guest is John Duncombe from ATI Physical Therapy. The other voice you hear is Dr. Nick Verma subbing this week for Dr. Brian Cole. Dr. Nick is the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox. And uh, there was an article recently posted by ATI, John, I'm sure you're aware, speaking to drinking milk after a workout to refuel muscles and also reduce soreness. Um, but what if someone doesn't like or can't tolerate milk? Can you talk more about that? Yeah, certainly. It's a great question. Um, a couple of things that have kind of come to the forefront in some recent research in the uh, research world. A couple of those would be on uh, ginger and turmeric root, as well as tart cherry juice. There's some great um, alternatives that you can take. They're both uh, highly anti-inflammatory antioxidants and can do a great job to help reduce muscle soreness. And that's going to have that lactose potentially on um, issue with some folks who can't tolerate milk very well. So, Dr. Nick, have you ever uh, suggested the milk? I, I, I often hear, you know, at the gym or people, you know, even uh, for the young athletes, talk about the chocolate milk is pretty good, right? Yeah, I think it's probably because it's easier to chug down than a, than a regular glass of milk. I, right. I, I haven't suggested the milk per se, but we do talk a lot now about the antioxidants, which was met, uh, mentioned. And, you know, turmeric seems to be the hot one that's uh, in the lay press frequently. You know, there's not a lot of good clinical data, but what I tell patients is that we know that it's fairly safe. There is a fairly powerful antioxidant um, effect to it, and so I think it's reasonable to recommend. Yeah, and also, uh, John, uh, you mentioned the tart cherry juice, was it? Correct, yes. Yeah, and what, what does that do? Is that, again, is that we're talking about the inflammation aspect of that? Exactly, yep. I mean, anti-inflammatory, highly antioxidant. Best to try and get 100% tart cherry juice that's not from concentrate. And it pretty much has, from what the research has kind of shown, the same effects of taking the enzymes without the adverse effects of popping the pills. Okay. John Duncombe, our guest from ATI Physical Therapy. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Nick Verma. John, what do you tell, what do you recommend to your uh, clients or your patients regarding the frequency of working out? So one of the things we see commonly is the, the enthusiastic um, patient who just started a new workout regimen and they overdo it very quickly early on. How, how does somebody know when they're recovered and ready to resume their next workout or their next um, activity? Certainly. I think it kind of comes down to really what is their workout of choice. It's going to be a long, kind of like ultra-marathon run session or doing some highly you know, intense workouts at the weights in the gymnasium. I think it's the 
person can maintain proper form again, be a run and be lifting weight, but definitely should kind of back off a little bit. So if the muscle soreness and there's some compensation that is kind of creep in, they should look kind of get a second thought to have a return too quick and too soon. Maybe you can still keep doing the same activity, but just kind of back off the intensity. Maybe not run as fast or as far, or kind of back off on the weights and kind of go a the later session that day. Maybe increase your rest to decrease your weights. Oh, great information. Dr. Nick Verman, also John Duncombe from ATI Physical Therapy. They do a wonderful job. The website is atipt.com. John, thanks very much for joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Thanks, John. Thanks, my pleasure. I enjoyed it as well. Appreciate it. John Duncombe. We're back with more Sports Medicine Weekly after these messages on ESPN Radio. Allosource's products help surgeons get their patients back into the game of life. Prochondrex, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograft designed to restore cartilage and restore movement. To learn more about Prochondrex, visit Prochondrex.org. That's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. I've been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance scheduled me right away. No wait. Everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget. To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. That's all the time we have for this edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger, our board operator and producer, Felix Reyes, as well as David Cole for operating our website and doing our business side of Sports Medicine Weekly. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel. Thanks for listening. Talk with you again next Saturday at 8.30 for another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly, only on ESPN Radio. The preceding program was a paid advertisement. The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000.